last week in Uncommon Hospitality that we, we see the need, we feel it, and then we, we meet it. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to be sharing uh, from some of our, our partners, uh, not only that we partner with every single year, but as we get ready for this expansion offering, uh, if you're new here, um, on December 10th, uh, we seek God over the next few weeks. We are a tithing church. We believe in returning the tithe. Uh, to God, uh, but we also give sacrificially. And, and once a year, December 10th, uh, we give uh, our expansion offering so we can expand our ability to reach and connect. And this year, some of our partners, we're believing through our expansion offering, we're just really going to bless them, resource them. They've got some amazing uh, projects uh, that they've got coming up that we're going to fund. And so got some cool vision, uh, some fresh vision. Um, we're feeding back pretty bad with the microphone. So can we turn it down or fix it? Or I'm going to be really distracted. I'm super ADD if you're new. And so this sermon is going to go off the rails uh, really quickly. Uh, if that's not fixed, we're just, I'm just going to talk about nothing like I am right now, just rambling. Just I'm giving you a picture of what it's going to look like right now. Um, really excited uh, about the offering, the vision that we have I'll be sharing. But this year, I really believe um, God is giving us unique opportunity through our partners because they're believing for some really big things, some churches, uh, World Compassion, Equip. Next week, we'll talk about and what we're doing in Iraq, Iran, and China is amazing. And I really believe while we wait for God to open some, some big doors we're believing for, I really believe this is our year to partner with. I really believe as we wait, we're called to steward and to, to invest big time. And I'll, we'll talk about that uh, over the next few weeks. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you that we get to not only reach Central Florida, but we literally are reaching the world. And, and World Compassion uh, is maybe my favorite because we're doing things there that nobody else is doing in the most dangerous places, really taking the gospel to people that have never heard it before and would never hear it. So thank you. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Uncommon is a series we've been doing for the last 17 weeks. Uh, I feel like we've been doing a very uncommon thing at Action Church and doing a very long uh, series. And that's because as we head into year 11, we're celebrating year 10 uh, in January. I really want us as a church to, to know what we're going to be known for, and that is that to be uncommon, to, to stand out, to, to be different. We've been reading in First Peter that we are foreigners, we are aliens, we're only here for a little while. This is not our eternal home. And I want you to relax today. If you brought a friend, today is way more fun than last week. Dad kind of got out the belt last week, spare the rod, spoil the child. You were not spoiled last week. You were disciplined and you like it. God loves those he disciplines and pastors love those he disciplines. And so thank you for coming back. I really thought we we're gonna be empty at every service if you want to know why, go listen to the message because I told people to leave, but you came back. So glad to see the workers are going to work now. And if not, go play repeat. Today, we're talking about uncommon, uncommon peace. Peace. Anybody struggle finding some peace? Not all of you. Some of you, you got it all together. Wow, why are you here? You should be here. Here's a microphone. I'll take notes. I struggle. I struggle with patience. I struggle with attention. And I struggle with peace. And, and today I want to talk about that. I really believe today's almost like a, a personal testimony because this is one of those that, that I'm fighting to find this uncommon this uncommon peace. Anybody like me, there's some things in your life that steal your peace, like traffic. Anybody else yell at people in traffic? Anybody else's kids remind you that the windows are up and nobody can hear you? 
And you remind them that was not for them, that was for me. I need to get that out. One thing in traffic that always gets me is the left lane people that go 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. They're going 10 miles an hour straight to hell. There's no room for you there, sir. What are you doing? You're dangerous. How do you respond to somebody driving 10 miles an hour under the speed limit in the left lane? For me, I don't honk or flash up my lights because I don't want to die. It's road rage, that's real. But what I do is subtle, it's passive aggressive. I pass them and then make sure everybody in my car stares at them with a stare of you know why. And then I get over as quickly and safely as possible so they know that I was not happy. Idiots. If you're the person driving 10 miles an hour and under the speed limit in the left lane, take off your action magnet. You are poorly representing <laughs> your pastor. Ref refer to last week's sermon take it off or leave the church. <laughs> no, seriously, but don't do it. You're, you're misrepresenting the body of Christ. <laughs> uh, I lose my peace. Sometimes anybody's kids cause them to lose their peace. Anybody's, you got perfect kids, you judgmental? No. Come on, your kids, tell them to clean up and they don't clean up. Told Bentley last week, clean your room. I woke up, his bathroom's dirty. He said, dad, you didn't tell me to clean my bathroom. That was, <laughs> thought that was included, son. Thought that was, Included. Come on, anybody's boss causing them to lose peace? Nobody at Action Church better raise their hand. <laughs> staff members. If you see a person with a staff badge, raise their hand. Let me know. Just freed up a spot. Any coworkers? Come on, a peer at work, a boss, somebody there caused you to lose your, your peace. Come on, social media. When you get on there, come on, you're on a great staycation and your friends are on a great vacation and you're like, I just lost my peace. This was really great till I saw your your vacation, I'm down here at the community pool and you're in Jamaica. There goes my piece. Come on, media in general, news. Come on, we got tragedy. We got wars in the Middle East. We got war in U Ukraine. We've got earthquakes in Iceland right now. You just, you, there's so many things in life that cause us to lose our peace. Like, where, where does it go? Come on, airports, anybody cause you to lose your peace? Are you like me when you go to the airport, you always find yourself behind somebody that seems like they've never been there before? <laughs> yes, or you have to take, take it out of your bag. Yeah, yep, on the, on the conveyor belt. Yep, right there. Can I help you? Got to take everything out of your pocket. Nope, third time, still got stuff in your pocket. I don't really know what we're doing here, but this is not complicated. Come on, you're fighting to get on the plane. Somebody's in your seat, airport. So speaking of, of airports, Gabby and I were, were traveling uh, a few weeks ago uh, to California for some vacation. Anybody else lose their peace while traveling? I, I lose my peace. I, I am such a non-peaceful traveler. I'm in a hurry to get to vacation. Anybody else like, you know, you're in line, like I got nothing to do. I, one time I was in line at, at customs going to a, a resort and I am frustrated because my line is going slower than their line and I literally have nothing to do but go to the beach. Peace gone. Airports. We were heading to the airport to go on vacation um, just a couple weeks ago, and it was 3.30 in the morning. You know, 
early morning flights sound like a good idea until 3.30 in the morning. You know, we're going to get there early. It'll be great. We'll have the whole day. The alarm goes off. You're like, who booked a 5.30 a.m. flight? And we did. And so Gabby is, is up getting ready at 3.30 and 3.45. I wake up and start packing. Come on, guys. Are you like me? Just, just throw it in there. It's fine. We're going somewhere in America. We'll buy whatever we forget. And uh, 3.45, we hear the alarm go off in, in our house. Out, exterior entry. Boys are not there no pets, like somebody is breaking in my home. Like it is a life or death situation. So we can, we come out of the master uh, closet bathroom. I go to my nightstand and get my second amendment rights, my Glock out of my nightstand. I don't know how you believe about that, but get my gun out, locked and loaded, trigger discipline. No kidding, no shoes, no shirt, no problem. I'm ready. And I'm sitting there, alarms going off, minute and a half. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm going to give it a minute and a half. It's loud. I'm surprised you didn't hear it. And I'm here, I'm locked, I'm loaded, I'm ready. And I'm thinking, they're going to come around, the, they're going to come around the, the turn and then I'm going to shoot them because they're in my house trying to kill me. And then I'll pray for them after. I am a pastor. <laughs> I'll pray for your salvation, but after you're dead. And so, not even theologically correct, but you're in my house. I am ready. So then two minutes, nobody comes in. I'm like, okay, Gabby's, we got, we got security on the, on the call. Police are coming. So I go out and I clear the house. Like my father-in-law, who was 30 plus year police officer, SWAT team, he taught me how to clear the house. So I'm clearing the house, doing all the protocols. Room's cleared. Outside, the police come. We clear the outside. Well, they cleared the outside. I mostly watched, but we're doing it together. It felt like it was a partnership. <laughs> Grounds are safe. Get back inside. Get back inside and have this moment of, anxiety and fear because I was like, nobody cleared the upstairs. I'm going to be the idiot and I had the police come out. I'm going to be murdered in my own home and I didn't clear upstairs. I would not have made the SWAT team. My father would be so disappointed. And about that time, we're in our closet and I hear like, like steps. I'm, I'm talking about it was real like I was in the middle of a war. They were running in my master towards my bedroom, I come out with the gun. I'm, I'm coming on the corner. One of us is dying right now. <laughs> then I hear a little beep. Gabby had decided to print something. <laughs> it was the paper shuffling. I almost shot the printer. <laughs> Clearly articulated, not in a kind way. Gabby, we are in a code red. High alert! Why are you printing itinerary? My peace was gone. Ever had something take your peace? Everything I was worried about, everything I was fearful of, my heart was beating for the next 10 hours all the way to California. I lost hair off my head. I lost years off my life worrying about something that didn't even exist or happen. We had a sensor that was broken on an upstairs window. Nobody was in the house. My peace was gone. I was worried. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. I was anxious. All of those things about something that never even happened. What are we allowing? What are we allowing to take our peace in this world? We're going to go through tough things, by the way, church. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. In his last conversation before he is betrayed and arrested, John 16, he is talking to them mostly about the Holy Spirit, but he talks to them about this idea that we're going to walk through trouble. There's going to be things in your life that take your peace. What I want to give you today is some personal testimony 
and some scripture because I don't think there's a, a principle list that will get you to God's peace. I believe it is me sharing my own experience and then sharing what the Bible says because peace cannot be found in, in, in what somebody teaches you. Peace is only found through our relationship and our trust in Jesus. We're going to go through some tough things. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about different seasons. For everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh. There's going to be different seasons, a time to grieve, which means there's loss, and, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time of love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. We got to fight to find this uncommon peace. And, and common peace, it, it, a common peace is when we, we settle for some things, is when we settle for just avoidance or we settle for distractions, or we settle for numbing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. What I want to talk about this morning is an, an uncommon peace. Philippians 4 uses the word shalom, which means peace while at war. See, uncommon peace is, is not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of tough times. It's the endurance and the perseverance and the presence of God that comes in the middle of those and allows us to endure them. Yeah. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9 it says, don't worry about anything. I'm just going to be honest. That verse is not lived out well in my life so far. Just being transparent. Maybe you can be honest. Don't worry about anything. Okay. Good talk. I understand what you're trying to say, sir. Doesn't live out very well in my life currently. Don't worry about anything. Instead, he offers a suggestion uh, a remedy, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. If you're new to this church thing, if you're new to this relationship with God thing, this is a simple start to your prayer life. Like it doesn't have to be complicated. It's a conversation and there's so many ways that it could go. There's so many different things with worship and, and spiritual warfare and intercession and praying for others and prayer models and spending time in God's presence. But just simply... Instead of worrying, pray. How do I pray? Tell God what you need. And thank him for what he's done. Just a one-two process. Just, just start there. Tell him what you need and, and thank him for what he has done. Then if you do that, if you stop worrying and start praying, then you experience God's peace. Not man's peace, not counterfeit peace, not common peace, uncommon peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And I'm here to tell you today that, that I can't describe it I could never make you get it unless you felt it. But if you talk to anybody who's experienced uncommon peace in the midst of a tough situation, of a tragedy or a trauma, they will tell you that you can't understand it. You just have to experience it. It's just a different way to live. It's a different way to walk through things, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, check this out, will guard our hearts, protect our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. What I found in my own journey trying to find uncommon peace is oftentimes God doesn't remove it or even remove me from the situation. He just guards me in the middle of it. 
Because we, we live in a fallen world. Not all the time is he going to take us out. Is he going to solve it? Is he going to fix everything? Oftentimes, he's going to allow the situations actually to, to fix us. And he promises us that he'll never forsake us, that he'll never leave us. But sometimes he's in the middle of it just guarding and protecting and shielding. I'm telling you, it's something, it's something that you will never understand. You will never fully comprehend. But once you experience it, you never want to walk through anything without it. You just don't. And I struggle with this. And, and I think I struggle with this partly because of, of my, my, my makeup, my, my passions, even my, my gifts, the things that, that God has blessed me with. We're all blessed with passions and gifts. We have a part to play in the body of Christ. And we, we lead a church here uh, that has, you know, 50 plus employees. We lead an organization as well as a mission. There's has to be organization to accomplish what we're accomplishing around the world. And then over the past couple of years, along with my dad, I, I help. Uh, lead and serve in, in, in two or three family businesses as well. And so I have a very organizational mindset that may shock you, but I, you're like, really? Like, that's crazy. No, I love org charts. I love to plan. I love the job descriptions and making sure, I love putting people in the right place at the right time for the, the right production level. Like, I, I, I love, I love it. But what I found is that I've taken my organizational mindset and I've attached it to my view of God, and that's why I personally struggle with this topic. Because I love, I love thinking of myself as the, the, the CEO, and, I, and sometimes I make God a CEO. Like, he's, he's like me, and, I, and I'm a great part of this thing. I, I'm a vice president of, of, of marketing for Jesus. Come on, you somebody, that's... So the pastors, I'm, I'm, I'm VP of sales and marketing. And so I am, I am pushing this thing and I'm working and I've got my job description. I've got my SOP. I've got my lane. And what I feel like is I feel like God has given me trust. He's delegated my responsibilities to me. And so what I do is I view God organizationally. What I do is I only take to him what I think that he wants me to take to him because I'll handle this. I'll handle my marriage. I'll handle my, my kids. I'll handle this day. I'll handle this person in the left lane. I'll handle this airport. I'll handle this. And, and what I do is I handle my business and only take the big things to God. I'll check in with him on my weekly or daily one-on-one, but God is not an organizational God. God is a relational God. He doesn't want to be the CEO of your life. He wants to be your father. He wants the, the details. It's why we stress and worry and have anxiety because we're trying to control it. I have two boys, Bentley and Kingston. I don't want a daily check-in with them. I don't want a weekly one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want them to say, hey, dad, I got this. No, what did you eat for breakfast? Who did you talk to at school? What are you thinking about? What are you dreaming about? What are you worried about? The conversation, what do you want to play this afternoon? Where do you want to go? Why? Because we don't have a transactional relationship. We don't have an organizational relationship. We have a father-son relationship, and you have a father in heaven. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I promise you he wants the relationship. He doesn't want you to own your own life. In fact, it's counter gospel for you to own your own life. You lose your life. You surrender your life. And yet we're trying to control it because we settle for some things. In this pursuit of uncommon peace, we settle for peace found in compartments. Come on, that works for a little while. Anybody like me, your compartments got compartments? Got sub-compartments. What happens when your compartments get so full they start overflowing and everything else? Because you can only stuff so many things down. You can only 
numb so many things. You can only hide so many things. We settle for compartments. When we settle for conflict avoidance. If I just don't think about it, if I just don't see them, if I just remove this thing from, from my everyday life, I'll have peace. No, you'll have some temporary relief, but you won't have true peace. We settle for a, a common peace of mind when God wants to give us peace of mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Here's the test of peace. And if you've ever struggled with, with, with finding peace, if you've ever struggled with, with doubt, worry, fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, this, this, will, this will pierce you like it pierced me when, when God gave me this, this thought. Here's the test of true peace. Have I found God's peace? Write this down. What does the silence say? Pastor, silence doesn't speak. Well, then you've never lost your peace. Because if you're fighting for your peace, if you're stressed, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed, you're depressed, you're, you're worrying, the silence speaks louder than anything else. When you're alone in here, and you're alone in here, what does it say? We find ourselves losing our peace and living a life of doubt and worry because we're letting the silence speak louder than God. We're letting our fears run rampant. We're letting their worst case scenarios overwhelm us. And God wants to bring something in the middle of that situation that changes everything, and that's his peace. But he can't give you peace if you're holding on to control. You gotta release it. John 14 says this, it talks about this gift of peace. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. That means we can have peace from the anxious thoughts and we can feel differently how an uncommon peace only found through our relationship with God. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. God, counselors can help. You should get one if you're struggling. Medicine prescribed should, could help, but you should get some if, if you need it. Good friends will help. A, a good a home and good family will help. But this peace I'm talking about cannot be found in anything of this world. It's, it's a peace. It's a gift that the world cannot give. And once we receive it, it says, don't, don't be troubled or afraid because there's a gift that he wants to give and his peace that can, can allow us to walk through anything. And I wouldn't pretend to know the pain or the heartache or the stress and, and all of our auditoriums today are online, but in 39 years, I, I've walked through enough. I've walked through enough to know that I don't want to walk through it without God's peace. Say, Pastor, can he help me in this? I, I, just, I just want to submit to you today that there's a better way to walk through whatever you're walking through, big or small, like literally everything. I'm telling you, God's peace surpasses all understanding. And I just want to share a passage I shared at Encounter Night a few months ago that helps me on my days when I'm struggling at an airport, when I'm struggling with the kids, when I'm struggling with the silence. It takes me to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. If you have the Lord, you have all that you need. 
Pastor, that's too simple. It's not too simple. It's the truth. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Verse four, even when, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? For you are close beside me. Uncommon peace is not the absence of pain. It's not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of trauma, the absence of of grief, the absence of loss. It is peace in the midst of it. It's not that we won't walk through it. It's that we don't have to walk through it alone. I'd rather be in the darkest valley with God than on the highest mountain without Him. If you've ever had success Without God, you know that you've been successful, but you haven't been fulfilled. And I'm here to tell you, I would walk through the worst moments knowing God's right beside me because this is not my home. This is not where I'm going to stay. I want to be where Jesus is leading me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, verse six, surely, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. If we allow the Holy Spirit to come in, if we allow the presence of God to come in, he protects, he guards, but he restores your soul. He doesn't always remove the stress, but he restores your soul. What I'm saying is he removes it from in here. He won't always remove the external things, but he can change the internal. Doesn't say he's gonna guard and protect and move all the chess pieces exactly how he wants. He's gonna guard and protect our minds, which means we can think differently. We can see differently. We can feel differently. Psalm 4 verse 8, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me, keep me safe. Here's the tangible thing. How do we find uncommon peace? We stop doing so much and start letting him in on it. Is anybody like me? Can you just just learn from my mistakes? Like true wisdom is not learning from your own mistakes. True wisdom is learning from somebody else's mistakes so you don't do the dumb stuff. Don't be dumb like your pastor. Write that down. I I get to the end of worrying and then I invite God in. Like I try and scheme, strategize, figure it out, kill everybody that needs to be killed, bury the bodies, pray for forgiveness. I try and get everything together and then I get so overwhelmed or anxious or worried, then I'm like, God, can, can you help? What if we started there? We didn't end there. Because I'm telling you, when we stop controlling, we stop holding, when we stop, he starts and he's way better. He's way better at running your life than you are. We think we're doing him a favor in this organization that I'll I'll carry this. He's like, no, I want this thing to be healthy. I want you to be healthy. You're, You're wasting your time. You're wasting your stress. You're wasting your brain power. You're wasting your emotions. If you would just give it to me, I could help. 
You ever had something in your life with, with somebody, like if they would just if they would just let somebody help, somebody can help. God is just waiting. He's like tagging me, I'm, I'm ready, but it's gotta be when we stop controlling, he starts moving. I don't know what you're going through today. And I don't know what you should do other than invite God in the middle of it. I shared a, a, a Bible story, an illustration, two or three times over the 10 years of the church. Preached this whole, whole sermon on the peace of God. And we talked about Jesus in the boat with the disciples crossing over the Sea of Galilee. He said, let us cross over to the other side. It's in a couple of the gospels. And he's leaving a crowd and going after the one, kind of like we talked about last week, uncommon hospitality. He leaves the masses and, and goes after and just comes straight back, actually. It's, it's a crazy thing, a picture of God's intentionality and discipling his disciples and reaching new people, not just crowds. Anyways, so the storm comes up and they're in a small boat. It would have been a, a 12, 15 passenger boat. It's not this big like ship that we, we think about. It was actually a pretty small boat, just enough for them to row to the other side. Jesus would have been under a covered probably area in the back of the boat sleeping, the Bible says. And the storm rages and they're bailing water. They're freaking out. They're, 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 they're yelling and Jesus is sleeping. They're like, do you not even care? And they wake him up and he stands up and he says, peace, be still. And the storm stops. Too many of us in the storms of life try and bail out, try and jump out, try and worry, try and go figure it out, bailing water, swimming to shore, and we need to just stay in the boat because Jesus is, is in the boat. But there's another story where they're leaving crowds and they're in a boat and there's a storm, but this time Jesus is not in the boat, he's walking on the water, and the, the command there was not to stay, it was to step. So I don't know what you're decision is today. I don't know what your next move is today. I don't know if it's to stay or if it's to step. Pastor, how do I know which one to do wherever Jesus is? Some of you need to stay right where you are. It's tough. It's heavy, but you're there for a reason. God's placed you in a, in a, in a season of grief or loss and, and you need to heal and you need to restore. And there's people around you in that season that, that need your help. Some of you are in a situation that you need to take a step. You are in a bad relationship. You are in a bad addiction. You are in a season of whatever it is and you need to take a step out of that season. God is not calling you to stay because he's not in that. He's calling you to step. I don't know if it's a step of faith or a staying in trust. We gotta give him access to everything. Too many of us have invited Jesus into our life, but not given him access to our situations. God, you're Lord of all. God, you're Lord of all the things that I let you be Lord of. Give him access to everything. Everything. Pastor, how do I get through this? Like, just for my story, how did I get through childhood trauma? How did I get through betrayal? How did I get through health stuff in our family? How do you get through the, the lowest of lows? How do you get through the stress with your, your, your kids? How do you get through that stuff, Jesus? Jesus. It's too simple. No, because peace is not found in principles. Peace is found in a person, and the person is Jesus Christ. And when you give him control, the Bible says he'll never leave. He'll never forsake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it could be the worst situation. I promise you, 
And I believe this more than anything else. If you will invite him in, you will get peace. And it's not over a long process, it's instant. It's instant. Pacing in your stress, pacing in your anxiety, crying in your grief, the situation may not change, but I promise you the moment that you stop fighting and you stop worrying and you just stop and you allow him to start, the moment that you do that, you breathe differently. You feel differently as you get a peace that protects your mind and your heart. I'm no longer anxious and I'm no longer heavy because I'm no longer carrying it. It's a peace this world cannot give. Don't wait to the end. Let it be the first step, a step of surrender and control. Say, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm gonna tell you what I need. I'm gonna thank you for what you've done. And you're gonna guard me, walk with me. And I'm gonna be okay. Not because I figured it out, but because I figured out who I need to invite in. I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that today, to start a relationship with Jesus or reconnect with him because that is the only answer to the problems of us finding this uncommon peace. Would you bow your heads at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed? God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for meeting us here today. I, I pray right now that we would find uncommon peace. God, we need it. Holy Spirit, meet us here as we surrender, as we stop. I pray that you would start in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want that uncommon peace, it is only found through a relationship with Jesus. Everything else is ancillary. Everything else is a secondary step. The spiritual step of surrendering your life to the Lordship of Jesus is the step, the first step in finding this uncommon peace. Jesus being the perfect Son of God, second part of the Trinity, coming to earth, living for you a perfect life. Because you could not, I could not. An unholy people could not be reconciled to a holy God without a sacrifice and had to be a perfect sacrifice. Jesus entered the scene taking the very nature of a servant, humbling himself, going to the cross. His life, his life was lived for you, perfect because you couldn't. His death was died as you and as me, which means he was in our place. Exchange happened, his righteousness we gained, our sins he took. God no longer sees you as you are, he sees you as he sees his son Jesus. Forgiveness, grace, mercy, our very salvation comes from his sacrifice on the cross. The resurrection of Jesus gives us victory power over sin in the grave. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in you, can live in me. That's how we can have this peace because we have the presence of God living on the inside of us. What's our role in this relationship? How do we start this? We surrender. Romans 10, confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. That word Lord is important. He is Savior, he is friend, but he has to be Lord for the relationship to start. Why? Because that's placing him in control. If you wanna do that today, I'd love to pray with you. You wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life. You wanna find uncommon peace that only comes from the person of Jesus Christ. I'd love to pray with you. For some of you, it's for the first time ever. Others of you, you've been struggling because you've been struggling alone. And today you're giving him control because you're recommitting your life to him. If that's you, and you wanna start or restart that relationship today, I'd love to pray for you. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Say, I want a relationship with Jesus. Yes, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Several in the middle here. 
couple more over here. Yep, gotcha. Two or three. So proud of you. Going in the stadium. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Gotcha. Going Oviedo and Sanford. Somebody joining us online, making a decision to follow Jesus, giving up control. You put your hands down. If you raise your hand, pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you. I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I repent from those sins. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And I give you that place. Complete control. God, have your way. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. God, I pray for all of us. Holy Spirit, I pray this week for practical opportunities to trust you more. But don't let us wait. Let's invite you in from the very beginning. And let's see worry leave and peace enter in Jesus' name. God, we love you. We thank you for meeting us here today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen. And amen, church. Can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made?